Hello, hello, and welcome to Movie the Musical, a podcast about movies that have been turned into musicals. I am your host, Ben Kay. We are here to investigate, interrogate, and celebrate the art of adaptation from screen to stage. We are a podcast that loves questions. And today's question is, so let's say you're having a wedding. Hallelujah. Good on you. It's... It's a time. It's a it's a happy time. It's wedding season, and you it and you. It, it 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 actually is when we're recording this. I have I mild digression. I am attending three weddings in the span of three weeks. It is yep. that time of year. It's also oh that time God. of your life, Ben. Because you're like a little younger than me, and like this next couple years is. And that's the your life's wedding season. Uh, besides, just like May through August. Wow, terrifying. Wow. Who are you, Sam Raimi? Because you just dragged me to hell. Uh, wow. Anyway, uh, but let me don't fa- worry. I'm approaching divorce season. That's really exciting. <laughs> oh, no, <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't even finished the question that starts the episode. This is the first time this has ever happened. All ellipses. Right. So let's ellipses. Dot 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 dot. dot. Yes, 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 yes. So if you were planning a wedding and you were getting a wedding singer or a wedding band to play, what would what would you want their like first song to be to get everyone onto the dance floor? So the panel now is open. <laughs> oh my god. Is this like a like a like a general audience pick? Like, what thing would be most popular, or like me personally? I don't care. This is your answer. It's your me, wedding. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> uh, me personally, uh, I choose like a holiday by Green Day. Sure. Wow. Okay. Bold. 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 I, 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 you know what? I was a uh, punk kid in middle school, and I still love that album more than anything. I'd pick something real nostalgic, make me and my friends all get out on the dance sure. floor, even if they weren't punks. <laughs> <laughs> I'd uh, probably say Talking Heads. Uh, I don't know. Yes. I can't think of one off the top of my head, but everybody loves the Talking Heads. Yes. Uh, I do love the Talking love Heads. We did, we did have our band at our wedding play Burning Down the House. Um, sure. That would that would probably be the one. Um, I'm trying to remember what our the band at our wedding. I believe it was uh, I Want to Dance with Somebody, that song. Okay. Somebody to Love. Oh. I think that was the one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also think Outcast would be a really good choice. That's sure. also like oh, a crowd perfect. pleaser. That is a crowd pleaser. Uh, mm-hmm. But why are we talking about wedding bands and wedding singers? Well... <laughs> My friends, if it wasn't obvious already, today's episode oh. is 1998's The Wedding Singer, directed by Frank Coracci, and its subsequent musical theater adaptation, the 2006 musical of the same name, with a book by Chad Begelin and Tim Hurley, music by Matthew Sklar, and lyrics by Chad Begelin. Uh, as always, our wonderful producer and editor, Bran Moorhead, is here. Hello, Bran. Give me time. <laughs> That's the one you don't choose to start your wedding dance at Van Vet. Put everybody to you sleep. Don't, you don't choose it and then you don't sing it three times in a row. Yeah, I think right. that's the important part. And I love that guy that's like, you suck! <laughs> <laughs> and For my dead body. And once again, today's guest is something is someone that could have been brought to my attention yesterday. <laughs> uh, she's a returning guest from our Madcap Beetlejuice episode. 
Sarah Costello, she's back, she's back, she's back. Oh, I'm so happy to be here and that you guys let me back on this show after I swore so much <laughs> on the last I'm one. actually excited because I think this is going to be a, a, a less angry episode than that one. I feel like... Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I think we're just going to be a lot less angry. It's going to be a much calmer conversation. I mm-hmm. agree. It's going to be nice. It's going to be good. Uh... Yeah. Big rom-com We're energy rom-com today. rom-com town. It's very chill. With so And ready. I'm... I'm actually... This is one of those examples. I mean, not... I feel like this... It's kind of a 50-50 split. Sometimes I'm, like, more excited to talk about the art of adaptation and, like, what happened. Mm-hmm. Even if it's a show that I don't like, sometimes I'm excited to sort of be like, what happened here? Um, but this <laughs> is actually one of the episodes where I'm actually a lot more excited about the movie because i think this is gonna be our only chance to talk about the sandman himself (laughs) mr adam sandler is it all i can think about that's all i can think about yesterday i was like this is the only this is his only show how is there not a big daddy musical already in the works (laughs) like i'm not even kidding that seems like a home run brian because God is a just God, Bran, and he's not going to let that Bran, happen. Bran, we're going to go through. We're going to go okay. through the filmography. I <laughs> okay. promise you. We're going to do a deep dive. Um, but, yeah, so, because, I mean, also, again, like, thesis being pinned at the top of the episode, as always, I'll say up top, uh, this, this, this is a weird show. I don't know. This is a very, this sort of, like, middle-of-the-road adaptation. It's kind of just there it's just it i don't know it just it exists it's really i'm I'm really like interested in sort of digging i also feel it is just like so indicative it is like almost just like the most the perfect example of a contemporary film to stage adaptation it is just like taking everything you know about the movie and just flattening it down and yeah. make and writing the least memorable songs except one oh. i will say i do I, we'll get to the show i do like the it's your wedding day song i think that one is actually very catchy but i don't know this count one's kind of it, it kind of really does nothing for me and i can already see that sarah's heart is broken sarah is writing I hate you and putting a broken heart above the eye. <laughs> as as he is broken. Yes. So, 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 yeah. I, oh well, so, my Sarah, God. so, Sarah, I actually, so this is an interesting case as well, where I, through our previous guests, uh, like I was, I invited everyone back on and I was like, here's what we're looking at this season. And you were just like, fuck those. I don't want to do any of those. Let's do wedding singer. And I was like, yeah. We're gonna have to do it eventually. Uh, so, what was it about the wedding singer that you were like, "I don't, Ben, I don't care. I just want to do this show." I got honestly, I got so excited because I, I feel like if you were to come up to me um, on the street with a gun to my head and and was like, "Hey, what's a movie to musical adaptation?" I think I would blank. I would panic. Um, so this one like came out of nowhere. Where I was like, "Holy shit!" I've been in this show. I love this show. I've never gotten to see this movie. Mm-hmm. And it's the exact opposite situation for me from Beetlejuice, where I grew up loving the movie. I'd never seen the musical. I did this musical my junior year of college. Oh, wow. And and I, I really enjoyed the music. Um, I still do. I think there's a couple of really great songs that I'd love to talk about. Great. We, we will. Um, 
I'm so I'm so excited, and I'd never seen the movie, and it was so. Um, Oh my God. It was so, it was so wonderful to watch this movie and have just as good of an experience as I sure. had listening to the music. Fantastic. Who did you, who did I, you play in the show? I played Linda. Sure. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Should I, I'm, I'm, you know what? No comment. That's all. I'm just gonna, <laughs> just gonna leave that at the door. Uh, Brian, what's your, what's your history with either the film or the show? Um, the movie, I, what year did it come out? 98. I feel like I saw it in the movie theater as sure. a twelve-year-old. Like sure. Adam Sandler was a big deal already, and was. like, yeah, was. <laughs> and by that point, I mean in my life. Sure. Um, and my cousin uh, had a lot of VHSs of his movies, and so loved seeing those. And my mom had has like a soft spot, especially for like uh, '80s music because it's like her era. Sure. And so she like she wanted to go in on the the music side of things and. I don't know. It was like a great, it was a movie I watched a lot as a kid. I actually didn't have a chance to rewatch it this time, but this is one of the times that I have not felt bad about that because (laughs) I've seen it so many times. So I wasn't really worried. It's already Um, embedded in your head already. Yeah. yeah, And the musical, I don't care for (laughs) um, the music at all. I don't, I feel like it's the biggest one that they should have tried to do some jukebox musical and use the sound. It's got two iconic of a soundtrack to replace them with mediocre songs that don't really work. And I like the fact that they keep the two Sandler songs. Yes. Which, um, which I would argue are the two best musical oh, moments. hundred percent. The best the parts stage of the movie. Show. <laughs> um, yeah, even though, the musical. I, even though I do think they, the way that they sort of reframe, uh, somebody kill me, please. Uh, they kind of, re- <gasps> I, I prefer its placement in the film than in the stage show, but we'll get into that. But Who's the stop? So a, a few things I wanted to say at the top. Um, we got to just do a deep dive on on Adam. We got to talk the Sandman. Oh my gosh. Um, and I'm it's really Sandman. I'm, that's what people call him. People call him the Sandman. Um, and I'm just like so I'm like excited to sort of dig into everyone's sort of perspective on this fantastically elusive uh, Hollywood mainstay. I mean, he is, and it's so wild because he's gone through like so many different periods of just like how he sort of resonated with mainstream culture um on television on on the silver screen as a musician as an actor and he sort of had so many strange peaks and valleys uh as a as an actor and in, and I feel like and obviously this was a very early one um but I think I mean he's still got a lot of contemporary cultural cachet we'll, we'll, oh yeah yeah Oh, Uncut yeah. Gems is a masterpiece oh, of a movie yeah. and oh, an excellent performance. Holy shit, I'm gonna come. I'd love for him to do like three more movies like that. Come on. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll get to Uncut Gems. So, Adam Sandler, of course, <laughs> um, he, uh, he obviously starts on, starts on SNL. Uh, he gets mm-hmm. his uh, break there and he makes it big uh, with very silly characters who sound like this. Um, you know. For the most part. <laughs> Um, I love the I love him and Chris Farley as the old couple reading the Zagats. Yes, yeah. <laughs> that's one I of mean, my all time favorites. Like his, and yes. Opera Man, of course. Yeah, I mean his his oh, collaborations. <laughs> his collaborations with uh, Chris Farley, uh, rest in peace, uh-huh. uh, were re- legendary. Like really, mm. like truly yeah. iconic. Like. Uh, it's Pride on Month. SNL. We should mention Schmidt's gay, of course. Ah, <laughs> uh, there we go. <laughs> sure. Just, sure. Go, just go on YouTube and type in Schmidt's 
gay SNL and watch that one, please, if you're not familiar. Holy shit, I'm gonna come. He's so he's he also especially in his early career, he was sort of able to oscillate between like a little stupid child and angry, festering human being. And he was sort of able to sort of like match that energy and sort of like oscillate between those two modes. On the flick of a switch, truly. Yeah. Um. And you. And there's a little bit of that again in the in the line that I mimicked uh, to introduce you, Sarah. Yeah. That you sort of you have that where he's like so feeble in sort of like talking to Linda, and then he just lets it all out. Um. He's just really good at unleashing that anger. Uh, but from his film career, so he's in a his debut is in a very bad film called Going Overboard. That is uh, not oh. not good. Um, it went overboard. Um. Oh. And I'm mainly going to talk about like his like starring films because obviously he like he has like supporting work and like cameos mm-hmm. and stuff. He's in he's in Mixed Nuts, Nora Ephron's uh, oft forgotten Christmas film Mixed Nuts. He is in there, but obviously he breaks out in 1995's Billy Madison, and mm-hmm. I haven't revisited that film in a hot second, but I remember it being okay, <laughs> pretty funny. It's pretty funny for 1996 or whatever. A lot of it, I'm sure, has aged 95, poorly. But yes, I, well, I mean, even stuff in Wedding Singer has aged poorly. Like, sure, sure. Oh, yes. Um, 90s yeah. comedy, a fucking goldmine of uh, hashtag problematic content. Um, yeah, but yes, he, feels, he does Billy Madison and then there's Happy Gilmore, um, which is also okay. Um, I'd prefer Billy Madison to Happy Gilmore. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously he take he creates a portmanteau of those two titles to create his production company, Happy Madison. Um, mm, I didn't know yeah. that. Uh, mm-hmm. and then he does a film called Bulletproof, uh, with him and Damon Wayans, directed by Ernest Dickerson. I haven't seen it. I would like to. Is it a buddy cop comedy? It's, uh, I'll read you the uh, description from. Never heard of this. Yeah. Uh, I'm ready. Yeah. Damon Wayans is an undercover cop. And he befriends uh, a drug dealer uh, and car thief, played by Adam Sandler. Okay. Um, yes, it's sort of an undercover cop comedy. Uh, it seems to be okay. Uh, and then he does this. And then I feel like this is, I mean, this is, we'll get to it in a second. This film is huge. This film is made on like a $12 million, $18 million budget. And it makes like over $100 at the box office. Like, thing is that this is an unabashed hit. A hundred million dollars. More than a hundred dollars, right? Thank you, Bren. Uh, okay. <laughs> it did make over a hundred dollars, to be clear. It did make over a hundred dollars. Keeping me humble, Moorhead. Uh, yes. <laughs> yes, it made over a hundred million dollars at the box office. Oh, hot damn. Um, but then, yeah, and then uh, other films. Yeah, like, let's just go down the line. I'm just curious to, like, folks just, uh, trying to read the temperature of the room. Sort of see where sure. it starts to dip. So there's Wedding Singer, which... I'm just gonna say outright, I think is his best '90s comedy. I would, I would say, probably, yeah. I don't think, I don't think okay, that's a, yeah. a crazy statement. I agree. I, uh, you got the Water Boy. Oh boy. Yeah. Oh, the Water. Oh boy. Bobby oh, Boucher. Oh boy. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> Kathy Bates revival kind of starts there, though. Very which is true. Cool. Very true. Um, and the par- oh, we'll get to sort of him as a personality in a second. He does Big Daddy. He does Little Nicky. Um, and I feel like Little Nicky is sort of the tail end where people are like, ah, this is weird. This weird Satan comedy. It's kind of a little. I think some people really like that movie again, though, right? Yeah. I don't, I have never seen that one either. So. Yeah, people Yeah, people do like it, but it's, it's a mixed bag. I think some people like the ambition. It's kind of in that dogma 
uh, pile okay. of like really yeah. am- ambitious comedies dealing with uh, Judeo-Christian themes. Uh, okay. Oh. <laughs> but oh. then he, of course, he does in 2002. He does Punch Drunk Love, which is. Yep. A masterful performance, sort of like the start of, like, Adam Sandler doing, like, a straight-up drama. And again, sort of, I don't want to say weaponized, utilizing the comedic persona of, like I sort of alluded to earlier, the the oscillating meekness to anger of Adam Sandler. And it sort of uses that in a dramatic way to wonderful success i think that movie's gorgeous um it's it and he he does an outstanding work and he follows it up with mr deeds and so he's just like <laughs> back on the back on that train so yeah he does mr deeds he does of course um eight crazy nights uh the oh only boy. hanukkah movie the best argument for we need more hanukkah movies because <laughs> we can't just have eight crazy nights but of course he is most famous he is one of his of course he's famous for the hanukkah song Mm-hmm. Put on your yarmulke. It's time for Hanukkah. Um, <laughs> anger management, fifty first dates. But then, yeah. Oh, see that one's 50 my first favorite. Dates. 50 sure, first sure, 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 sure. Uh, and I love the Drew Barrymore oh, coming with Drew, back. Yeah, there. but then, yeah, Incredible. but then it gets to start starts to get into weird territory. Um, he does another drama. He does Spanglish. Uh, but he does right. like the younger, longest yard click. And I pronounce you Chuck and Larry. You don't mess with a Zohan. Uh, but then, yeah, he'll have, like, little dramas Yikes. and or dramatic comedies mixed in there. You know, stuff like Rain Over Me and Funny People and... Boy, the Rain co- Over Me is a maudlin piece of shit. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's just like, it, what if not... And remember how sad 9-11 was? Like, that is that whole movie. Yeah, pretty much. Hello. Pretty much. Yeah it's, yeah, it's about Adam Sandler's family passed away in 9-11 and, and uh, Don Cheadle tries and to cheer him up. It. Yeah, and he's sad about it. Oh, oh, it was a His movie. His friend John Cheadle. Oh, yeah, it's a, yeah, it's a movie. It's a okay. film. Okay. <laughs> I, I thought it was like a biography situation, and I was like, oh, no, Pete Davidson no. 1.0. That's so sad. No, but, then, but then, yeah, he'll, oh but then God. he, like, tries to do, like, other dramas that just, like, do not connect. Stuff like okay. the, the Cobbler yeah. and Men, Women, and Children. And then he oh. and his comedies like he's doing the fucking grown up movies and Jack Yikes. and Jill and Blended Yikes. and Pixels and it's just like it's over like he's a he's he's a joke and not a good joke at this point it's like yeah. the like the the manic energy from the nineties has just like completely gone right. away and but so now what happens is yes this Netflix deal where he's like got a huge deal with Netflix and they're just like we're, we're going to we're going to host all your movies cuz he's cuz they're just like I I no one's coming to see my movies in theaters we're just going to put them right online so he does the ridiculous 6 the do over Sandy Wexler the week of murder mystery and, and, and any of these any of these hitting <laughs> That was that was a Jennifer nope. Aniston one. Murder, Murder mystery? mystery is a Jennifer Aniston one. Yes, and I will say his most recent Netflix venture is Hubie Halloween, which I gotta oh. say, pretty good. Oh, <laughs> oh no! Have you seen it? Have you either of you seen nah. it? Nope. I haven't. I'm, you know? I'm gonna on the record, on the record, <laughs> very good movie. 
<laughs> I, I think it's very enjoyable. Adam Sandler kind of looks like me in it. See, he has a he has this like lovely mustache, and he talks like dick for your whole movie. So you know you're in for a good time. Oh boy! Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, and it's interesting because like he so the, for the most part when he's doing his comedies, he's really only working with a handful of directors. He's working with like Frank Caracci, who does this movie. He's working with mm-hmm. uh, Dennis Dugan, who does like Jack and Jill and and the aforementioned uh, uh, what else, uh, other movies. And then Stephen Brill, who did like Hubie Halloween. So he's like really only collaborating with a few directors. But then, yeah, he'll he'll go outside. He'll do a Punch Drunk Love. He'll do a Meyerowitz stories with Noah Baumbach. He'll do, of course, Uncut Gems with the Safdie brothers. And I mean, that that <laughs> film is just like, first of all, just like. If you want, if you need to get your heart racing, like you know, don't yeah. go to don't go to the gym. Just stay at home and watch Uncut Gems. Any Safety oh, Bros movie. God. I mean, yeah, it, yeah, pretty much any. Like Good time is also just like. Please, mm. please, please don't do what you're going to do. I mean, the Safties are just really good at just like taking. I guess celebrities or like personalities and just like really just like pushing them to their most extreme. And yeah, it's like. I don't know, just, like, Uncut Gems is just a great look at, like, what a late-career Sandler performance looks like. Mm-hmm. It is just, like, wow. so assured and so sad and so just, like, it's just that character of just, uh, oh, what what the hell is his name again, the guy? Uh, wow. Oh, God, I couldn't how, tell you. Howie. Howie. Howie Rat- Howard. How- Howard Ratner, yeah. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Have, <sighs> Sarah, have you seen Uncut Gems? I have, and it is, I mean... It is an incredible example of something I love more than anything, which is when these crazy comic icons play it straight. There's nothing I love more. Will Ferrell in Stranger Than Fiction, Steve Carell, Little Miss Sunshine, um, uh, Bill Hader and Barry. Sure. When they just whip out these performances just to say, hey, just so you know, I'm an incredible goddamn actor. Now let me go back and do this thing that's real fun. Well, that, real quick. that's the thing that like Adam Sandler has talked about, where he's like, "Listen, I like to do like if I can do a drama and it's with people I like and it's a good time, um, then I'll do it and it's fantastic." But he's just like, "I I like doing comedies. I like ha- mm-hmm. I mean, fucking Grown Ups is literally just an excuse to hang out with his comedy friends, and someone just decided to bring a camera along. Like and like most yep. of his like there's usually like a joke with like a lot of Adam Sandler movies where it's like oh Adam Sandler wants to go to Africa great uh blended is gonna be a movie that's set in Africa so we can go on vacation uh <laughs> over there like that's um, sort of like the joke of like oh you want to go, he wants to take a cruise to Europe great murder mystery Jennifer Aniston you're coming along too but it's really fascinating because like <laughs> there's it's sort of like everyone loves and like People who work with him say apparently he's the nicest guy to work with. He just has this very affable, uh, sort of just like persona, not persona, like, uh, reputation in the industry. Just like people, like, uh, like love him. Apparently he's just like very sweet and like he keep like apparently like he still keeps up with a lot of his co-stars. Like um Aww. I mean clearly like Drew Barrymore came back to do Fifty First Dates. They yeah. clearly Incredible. got along really well on the set of uh, The Wedding Singer. Um yeah. he, uh, you, if you haven't already you should watch his uh, award speech when he won 
the Independent Spirit Award for Uncut Gems. It's a fantastic speech. Um, it's so funny and very genuine, and like everyone in the audience is just so there for him and just very happy to it's it's so weird just like this guy who like again like kind of fell off of the mainstream kind of fell out with the culture but then like yeah he comes back with an uncut gems and it's like it's the sandman we love him it's the sandman Sprinkling his sprinkling his sand. Um. So and then, but and I would uh, be remiss to not mention that he is uh very quiet about his politics, and there's sort of a lot Uh-oh. of like speculation. Uh, con- what? What? <laughs> but he's just like uh, again, like this is all fucking hearsay. But he's like a very quiet conservative just in the sense of just yeah. like I, I i would argue maybe mm-hmm. one could say he's just like fantastically apolitical which obviously is a political statement in and of sure. itself um know, yeah i mean he's been a billion a millionaire since he was like 25 yes, in 1992 exactly. <laughs> or something so it's not good odds that he turned out you know like on the right no, side no, mm. but again like he's he's just apparently i mean he's playing the game real well He's just like sure. very, very quiet, and he's just like, I'm just gonna make my movies, and that's all I'm gonna do. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> An incredible Adam Sandler. I've been working on it, it all weekend. Uh, that's a lie. Yes. Um, but this is all to say, and I say all of this just to say, Wedding Singer, Adam Sandler in 1998, he's fucking cute. <laughs> I, okay, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Yes, I I feel like the last time I come on the show, if I'm lucky enough to come again, I, I want to have this recurring segment where I say who gave blank the right, and last time it was who gave Alec Baldwin sure. the right, and this time it's who gave Adam Sandler Sarah, the right. Because I wasn't Sarah, ready. You are, you are coming every. Obviously, you've only been on twice, but both uh, episodes have been movies where I would argue, yeah, there's been an actor who's been at their peak hotness. Uh, it's true. <laughs> Just it's the kind I... of subject matter you're interested in, clearly. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't ready because here's the thing: I'm I, I I'm not going to be apolitical about Adam Sandler. <laughs> Go for it! Yeah, get I'm, drop I, it. Drop your I hot am, take. I have. I, I have not been a big Adam Sandler sure. fan, my friends. I he's just the the Billy Madison's, the Happy Gilmore's. It doesn't it doesn't resonate sure. with me. Say, uh, no, thank you. Someone else can take my share. <laughs> I just it's not my deal. But Fifty First Dates, uh, Spanglish, these these glimmers of really incredible performances. And t- to be fair. He's a comedy icon. Sure. Comedy icon sure. doesn't always resonate with me. Um, so I went into this nervous sure. because I love this musical and I wasn't sure how it was going to pan out. I told my mom I was going to watch it and she was like, I think you'll like it if you can get past his mullet, which didn't bode well for me. Um, <laughs> Not a good place to start. I was like, what are we getting into here? But I loved it. I thought he just, it was such like a grounded version of himself, a very genuine version of himself. Also, the man's got pipes. Oh, yeah. He's got a great he voice. Sings well. Mm-hmm. He's got it. Yeah. I mean, to yes. go to go to sort of how you started your this this topic is I would say the odds are against you for seeing a good movie 
if you're just talking about Adam Sandler's filmography. Sure. There's like five out of 25, you know, <laughs> that are, are watchable. No. And, like, and like, that's oh, the thing. Like, I, I, again, like, I like Hubie Halloween, but like of the one, two, three, four. How many Jack like, and Jills did we have to suffer through <laughs> to get uncut gems, you know? Yeah. But I'm just saying, like, of the six... Netflix movies that he's made direct to Netflix, one of them is good. Like yeah. that's the thing. Yeah, like you said, yep. like the 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 hit, the hit or miss. Yeah, it's definitely more misses than hits. But again, when there's a hit, it's a hit. It's a, it's a hit. hit. Yeah, yeah, it's a hit. Um, and I would argue Wedding Singer is mostly a hit. Yeah, and I would, and yeah. you know, so okay, so like I said, it's directed by Frank Karachi who would go on uh, to do other Adam Sandler films like uh, The Waterboy and Click um, and The Ridiculous Six, um, a movie that exists, apparently. Um, and, he, and he also oh. did some uh, classic uh, Kevin James uh, comedies like Zookeeper and Here Comes the Boom. <laughs> Remember? Great. If it's not Mall Cop, I'm not interested. Sure. God. <laughs> That's fair. Um... But so, and the film was written by Tim Hurley, who uh, was a long, uh, long time friend of Adam Sandler. He was a writer on SNL. Um, he wrote Canteen Boy, if you remember the Canteen Boy mm, sketch yep. uh, from SNL. Mm. Uh, <laughs> yep. Uh, and yeah, he wrote uh, many films uh, for Adam Sandler, with Adam Sandler. And as we'll talk about later, he co-wrote the book for Wedding Singer. Uh, when it was Weird. on uh, on Broadway, I know who knew. Um, but wow. yeah, and then yeah, he. But yeah, he. Tim Hurley. He wrote. He wrote Billy Madison. He either wrote or co-wrote Billy Madison, Happy Gilmore, Wedding Singer, Waterboy, Big Daddy, Little Nicky, Mr. Deeds, Bedtime Stories, Grown Ups Two, <laughs> Pixels, right. The Ridiculous Six, and Hubie Halloween. So like he is. Yeah, he is sort of like stayed true. He's been. He has spanned pretty much Adam Sandler's entire filmography to date. Uh, wow. Which is wild. They also, and I would say part of the success... Good last name, fi- too. Hurley. Hurley. Great last name. Ooh, yes. That's um, fun. But they, apparently, Carrie Fisher was brought on to script doctor this film. Um, awesome. In a, in a... She... Carrie Fisher was like an infamous script doctor of the 90s. She yeah. she came on to fix a lot. I, I feel like it's so funny. Like her and like also like Elaine May is it like mm-hmm. it's all these fucking like. Well, we're not gonna actually hire these uh, female <laughs> yeah. writers to make movies, oh, but we will pay them oh, under oh, the oh, table oh. to fix the movies that they're not getting credit for. Yeah, which is just. I mean, like if that doesn't tell you Good enough God. about like the fucking. Hollywood system. I mean, I mean, that still happens today, right? Uh, Brian, didn't you say mm-hmm. like Diablo Cody, like script doctored the Evil Dead remake or something like that? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like this shit. I think she may have gotten a credit, but still, you know. Like it's again, like it, this shit still fucking happens. Um, mm-hmm. But it's also like one of the things where they were like, oh, we just don't know how to write women. Carrie Fisher, help us. We don't know. You're what- a woman. Can <laughs> yeah. you do this for us? Yeah. Which, uh, Sarah, I'm sure that you're fucking thrilled about that watchers at home i'm trying not to flip my desk over i it's like they've never met a woman before but i think that but again like i think that is kind of like the success of this film is that like and apparently like drew barry apparently like drew barrymore was just apparently just like such a like a wonder on set and just like they loved working with her and just like 
in like test screenings, just people loved her scenes that they were just like, it was fine. They were like a lot. I feel like a lot of previous Sandler movies, they were like, he's got to be in every scene. He's got to be the focus of this yeah. thing. But I think they just like, they trusted the stuff with Drew Barrymore so much that it does feel more like a balanced rom-com and it is all the better for it. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it, I imagine that Carrie Fisher probably gave Christine Taylor's character a lot of her best bits and lines too. Yes. Cause I think she's really great in this movie. She is so great in this movie. Oh, a character yeah. who I feel like becomes mu- much worse and more degraded in the stage. Adaptation. How does this happen every time? <laughs> if there's a woman that is slight, that like takes charge of her sexuality in any sense in the movie, in the musical, she is just like a cardboard cutout basically. Yeah. Every time, oh, every time, we, we, and we, they still will add an hour runtime to the goddamn thing. Yeah. We said we, we said <laughs> we were going to make a term for this, right? Where they sort of like make things more problematic in the stage yeah. show. I forget what the. T- I don't think I we don't ever came we up can. with a term. I don't think we did. I think we, we just, just said we should we, tweet we, it at us, folks. Yeah, what should we uh, refer to the ooh, term? Yeah. Problematic yeah, so- progression. I don't know. <laughs> I just like alliteration. You sure do. Um, but okay, so broad overview of this film because we've already like spent a lot of time just talking about other stuff around it um 1985 uh adam sandler is robbie hart he's the lead singer and guitarist of a wedding band um and they're a hit and everyone loves him he's a damn good wedding and what is uh, steve buscemi he's like he's such a good wedding singer (laughs) (laughs) well steve buscemi coming in hot out of nowhere i'll tell you what what, yeah i'm the the steve buscemi sort of sandler uh, just connection and how it sort of just like stays strong through that career is great. Like Super Shemmy, like being in Coen Brothers movies and being in Adam Sandler films. Who knew? Um, yep. He plays a he plays a werewolf in Hubie Halloween. Uh, it's great. That's fun. Yeah, that makes me want to see that more. It's a good movie. I. It's it's not fucking. <laughs> it's not uncut gems but it is just like a good <laughs> adam sandler comedy whatever um but yeah steven buscemi comes in strong as the drunk uh brother of the groom at this like first wedding that we're seeing he's also the best man he's giving a terrible speech and sandler sort of just like <laughs> fixes everything and then yeah i think he's he's just like drinking off stage he's just like damn good wedding singer <laughs> Um, but he's and he's, and he's great. He believes in love. He's a, he's just a champion of love, and he's getting married to the love of his life, Linda, in a few weeks. Um, and the wedding comes, and Linda doesn't show up. She left a note. She's, she ain't she ain't gonna be there. The wedding's off. Um, she's a, she's a no she's show. She's a no show. It's very very sad. Um. But and uh, surround and surrounding Sandler, surrounding Robbie Hart, uh, is his best friend uh, Sammy, who's the limo driver, played by Alan Covert. Um, great mustache, great eighties mustache. I gotta tell you, and that's you. another one of his close friends that's in, especially in that period, in like every movie. He's yes. in Billy Madison. He's in Happy Gilmore as his friend, or as I think he's like an orderly or something in one yeah, of those but he, he pops up again and again and again he truly does See, 
I don't respect that. I got to respect someone who makes incredible totally. friendships. That's and then the just, thing. Like, keeps, I, I yeah, love he's it. Someone, yeah. Again, like he I will, he keeps these really tight bonds. He's just like, I, I like build this sort of family, if you will, uh, fast and furious style. He builds this family of actors that he keeps <laughs> close uh, and they just like keep working with him. Um, and fittingly and then, enough, this guy is the chauffeur. Yes, so he fast and furious. I love he when he does the obstacle course. He does the yes. cones, like when he's <laughs> auditioning yeah. to be their yeah, driver. So you hit two cones. Yeah, they're just cones. They could have been, been kids, man. <laughs> uh, and then, of course, you have uh, the sadly departed uh, Alexis Arquette. She plays uh, George Stitzer. Uh, the keyboardist and singer in the band. Yeah. It is uh, fantastic. The sort of the loop of do you uh, do you want to hurt me? Um, that moment is <laughs> very good. So um, good. Styled like mid eighties boy George. Yes, and she's she's great. And like it's it's interesting. Sort of they both do and don't inflate uh, that character's role in the stage show. It's like. They sort of, they sort of make because in the stage show obviously they turn Sammy from the limo driver into the the bass player of the band, mm-hmm. oh. um, but then they sort of make this trio out of Robbie, George, and uh, Sammy. Um, do without what you will, but yeah, I, uh, Alexis Arquette, Arquette uh, is very fun in this film, uh, looking great. Um, and then, yeah, and then, of course, you have Drew Barrymore as Julia Sullivan. She's a, a waitress um, who's usually at the weddings that uh, Robbie is playing at. And she is engaged to Glenn Gulia, um, just oh the God. worst the worst human being in the entire world. <laughs> um, <laughs> and they've been engaged for two years. And she just like they don't know when she doesn't know when the wedding is going to happen. It's never going to happen. Um, uh, Glenn Goulia played by Matthew Glaive, uh, someone who I guess did not stay in the Sandless Sphere. Um, kind of, I don't, mm. I don't really know what happened to this guy. He, he kind of. Well, you know he's a bad guy because he rolls his blazer sleeves up. <laughs> like, that's a sign of a villain. But they do. I mean, they do get the fashion down. They do really, really yeah, get really the. Good. They do get that eighties fashion down really, really well. I gotta give him props for that. Um, and then uh, there's uh, it, it's his grandma, right, Rosie? It's uh, is it? It's, it's just it's, his uh, neighbor in the movie, it, right? It, it is his that, neighbor, but the, I feel like I feel like the adaptation on the musical cut a lot of the fad because sure. they made Sammy the band. They do, they they do streamline it a lot. Yes. Which I liked, um, but I do love that grandma. Oh my She's god! Yet it's still longer than the movie. <laughs> it's really stellar yet, how they streamline stuff like that. <laughs> they cut the meatball part, and I yet. know, yeah, the wonderful. So Ellen uh, Albertina Dow as Rosie, who's it's very sweet. Uh, Robbie is like teaching, giving her music lessons so she can sing. Uh, Till there was you from the music band uh, at her fiftieth wedding anniversary. It's very charming. Uh, it's very sweet. Um, but so she was uh, 85 when she filmed this movie and she would go on to live to till she was like 101. Like Whoa. she was still 
kicking for for a few years after this. Um, Spring chicken. Truly, a hip hop, a hip a hop. Uh, it is all again. It is also wild. Like it's it's just a throwaway joke in the movie where it's just like, oh, I guess she's gonna rap to close out her anniversary celebration, and then they make yeah. it into a whole fucking number in the stage show. Um, Talking. Let's lean in. To this. It's it's the SNL school of like just hammering a joke in for yes. five minutes longer than you need yeah. to. Um, but yeah, so uh, Robbie uh, gets broken gets broken up with by Linda, and she's just like, "You weren't, you're not the guy I I knew six years ago." Project uh, things that could have been brought to my attention yesterday. Um, <laughs> it's such a good line. It, it is a good line. I'm gonna <laughs> say it as much as I can. Uh, but. Yeah, so now he's just like, love is fake. And he's just like, he can't, he's just like not a good wedding singer anymore. Uh, he's like, because how can he be? He doesn't believe in love. And so he's just like fucking up all these other people's weddings, getting into fights, singing Love Stinks, uh, gets oh thrown gosh. into a dumpster. Um, and it, it sucks. It's very, very sad. Um, concurrently, Glenn has finally proposed to... Uh, to Julia, and they're getting mad. It's so. This is I'll say. Obviously, this is a comedy, and it's set in the eighties, and it's a movie. Um, but they're getting married in three months, and they haven't like they have to plan everything in three months. I'm gonna tell you from experience. Mm. You're not going to get any vendors. To, you're not getting anything. You're not getting any catering. You're not getting any photography. You're not getting a fucking band. Like, that is the least realistic part of this wedding. I'm going to tell you that. Um, you can only suspend oh your disbelief so far. Um, but yeah, so now, uh, what's his name? Uh, Robbie is now like, well, I can't play weddings, so I'm going to play bar mitzvahs, which is, you know, it's great. It's a fun little bit. And who shows up at the bar mitzvah? But none other than Bruce Bogtrotter himself. Uh, the little kid. You know, the little kid who's like, Sad to dance. It's fucking. What's his? It's the kid. It's from the Matilda. kid from Matilda. Bruce Bogtrotter. Oh. Wait, is this is? I I looked it up. This is pre Matilda. Oh, what a yes, question! It, no, it's got. I think it might have been like around the same time. Yeah. Honestly, uh, no, this was two I years did, after Matilda. Matilda. Okay, it was Matilda was nineteen ninety six, and this was nineteen ninety eight. Um, but yeah, Jimmy okay. Cos plays Bruce Bogtrotter, and now he is the mm -hmm. little kid Brucey. who grabs Drew Barrymore's butt uh, in the I, wedding scene. I have a lot of issues <laughs> with this scene, but okay. They're trying to empower this sad little kid, and he just gropes Julia. Um, I, but yeah, so... Give him an inch. But, I know, but yeah, Glenn yeah. is an... Glenn, Glenn's an asshole, Reaganomics, uh, like, junk bond salesman uh, working on Wall Street. Yeah, so yeah, the film's set in New Jersey, and he works in the city. Uh, so yeah, so Robbie is going to help Julia plan the wedding. Uh, it's very cute, you know, like, it's classic, like, rom-com. It's like, oh, we're going to get someone else to help plan your wedding. I hope they don't end up together at the end. Whoa! <laughs> um, of course... 
they're, and and uh, Robbie's like, I can't play your wedding. I don't do weddings anymore. So they're going to go uh, hire uh, Jimmy Moore, played by John Lovitz. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, I love him so much. He's, he's a... I can't stand that man. <laughs> he's, he's such a good. He's so funny. He's, he's a very such a funny actor. man. He's a very. He's got a great. It stinks. Uh, he's got a great comic sensibility. <laughs> um, he's very good in this. I love. And so obviously this in the movie is where uh, Adam or Robbie debuts his song. Somebody kill me, please. And he's like, I, mm-hmm. you know, it's really inspired by the cure. So just uh, just think about that. Uh, yeah, that was a great line before. <laughs> and, and yeah, I just I love in the film. Yeah, he's just like it's this earnest like presentation to Julia, and then he just like goes right into it. And yeah, dude's got pipes. He he goes up there mm-hmm. singing this song, and then I love just John Lovett's behind the curtain. He's losing his mind. His mind. And I'm reaping all the benefits. And then he does, like, the Homer Simpson sliding into the bush yes. thing. Of just, like, sneaking <laughs> behind the curtain. It's brilliant. It's beautiful. It's very good. Uh, but, very, yeah, of course, funny. they, you know, they get close. And it's like, and then there's, like, the moments where, uh, oh, my God. What's her name? What is Christine Taylor's character? Uh, Holly is like, Holly? oh, well, we got to, like, see... Uh, you got you got to practice your kiss. You got to do that. Oh my god, this scene! <laughs> and then they kiss, and it's like, yeah, do that. And of course, it's like the sparks are flying. It's just like Runaway Bride. I, I, the penult that's like the is that what uh, happens? Yeah, she, he they Richard. It doesn't matter if you've seen <laughs> Runaway Bride. You know what I mean. I'm surprised that's not a musical yet. Honestly, maybe yeah, we'll well in give the it future. Time. Give it time, Bren. It's the the universe is long and sad. <laughs> it's good. <laughs> it could very well happen. Um, but yes, we do find out that uh, they they go like out clubbing. Holly like wants to date Robbie. I mean, they're both single, so why not? And it's not like Julia's. Developing feelings for him. Uh, <laughs> ooh. Uh, ooh. You also then you find out at the club that Glenn's last name is Gulia. So in marriage, she will become Julia Gulia. Julian Gulia. Um, classic. Good. What a bit. What a good bit. writing. It's a good bit. Um, but no. And then you find out that like Glenn is just an asshole cheating on uh cheating on julia all the time it's fucking gross worshipped at the altar of reagan asshole um but yeah he gets he gets super drunk he gets super sad um oh and uh i don't yeah and then it, it actually gets to this place where like linda's there and like linda wants to get back together with him and there's a whole, you know, it's just rom-com mishaps. Rom-com mishaps happen. <laughs> and uh, Julia's just like, oh, I guess I'm never going to be able to be with Robbie. And uh, let's just go to Vegas like Glenn wants and let's just get married. Um, and uh, Robbie's like, oh, no, I gotta, I gotta get Julia. And so they go to, and then they go to the airport. Uh, he gets first class on the, the last flight to Vegas. Uh and this is maybe, I don't know, this is just like a beautiful moment in the film where he builds this community in first class <laughs> telling this story of, I love it of so just like much. what he's doing. And of course, uh, Billy Idol is there. <laughs> Looking as great as ever. He looks he looks damn great. He's obviously playing yeah. an 80s version of himself. And, like, he looks like an 80s version of himself. Mm-hmm. And he's happy to be there. Yeah. <laughs> he's so 
so happy to be involved. Um, and I love, yeah. So obviously you, he is, he's having the uh, the time of his life. Um, and then you find out like, oh, they're on the same plane as uh, Julie and Glenn. And I just, yeah, because Glenn assaults a uh, flight attendant. <laughs> he sure does. Yes, he's he's an asshole. There are so many assholes that we've run into on this show because their cinema's full of them. But he is just a fucking. He's hey, just, it's why he's the villain. He's yeah, he's, villain. he's the Baxter. Do you know that Good term? Villain. Do you know the Baxter? Nope. The, the Baxter. Uh, it's a film by Michael Showalter, I believe. Okay, and, and so what the Baxter is the name given to the character it's defined by this film it's the guy in the romantic comedy who doesn't end up with the girl because the girl marries the film's protagonist got it um and so sometimes it could be Mm. a jerk like uh obviously glenn gulia in this film or like the bradley cooper character in like wedding crashes or it could just be like an inexplicable like nice guy like greg kinnear in uh, Sleepless in Seattle, who is actually very nice, but just for the purposes of that film, Meg Ryan doesn't get together with him. And it sucks, because yeah. he seems like an okay guy. <laughs> like <laughs> Bill Pullman and Harry Met Sally, same thing. Yeah. He just, like, I don't know, has allergies? Yeah, it's like it's, his biggest bad side. That's the thing. <laughs> like, that's, it's the Baxter. It's just, like, the poor, unfortunate soul who just doesn't end up with uh, oh, with wow. the lead of the rom-com. Yeah. So that, but Glenn Goulia deserves that, because he is a jerk! Um, but then, yes, I love that moment where, like, he... Robbie turns to everyone in first class. He's like, "Oh my god, the guy that assaulted the 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 woman—that's Glenn." And then everyone, including Billy Idol, is just like, "No way! No way!" <laughs> Can I just say, dream scenario? Really, dream scenario to be in a situation like that where somebody's got a large drama, whether it be me or somebody mm-hmm. else, and everybody just bands together and is involved sure. now. I just I I love a whole band of people. It's like it's like how I miss being in an Uber <laughs> sure. back in the before times when you were in an Uber pool and everybody was oh, drunk sure. and it was like a fifteen minute ride and everyone's talking about feelings. That's the kind of vibe that I'm getting here. And I'm man, who knows what? Yeah, just, who knows when we'll get those vibes back? Perfectly executed here. <laughs> but yes, they all they band together <laughs> built with the help of Billy Idol. Um and he sings Grow Old with You. Uh Robbie sings Grow Old with You, which is and yeah, earlier in the film, uh Julia had gotten him uh the sheet music with his name on it, and it was it's a very yeah. sweet gift. And he he's inspired and he writes this song, Grow Old with You. It's a very sweet song. It's a very, very lovely, earnest piece of songwriting. Um, and he went, and he and he gets the girl. He gets the girl. Billy Idol pushes Glenn Gulia with a drink cart. He sure does into oh. the bathroom. And then, yeah, that guy gets up with the Billy Idol shirt. It's like no one misses. Hey, don't talk to Billy like <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah, <laughs> it's very good. And then that Billy Idol's like, yeah. <laughs> and then they get married, and uh, of course, who is the wedding singer at their wedding? Steve Buscemi. <laughs> Full circle. Found a new oh, calling in life. Mm-hmm. It's listen and listen. We neglected. There's a lot of fat jokes. There's a lot of just like jokes about like women who look like men in this film. There's, there's mm-hmm. a lot of there's a lot of stuff that doesn't hold up. I'm not saying this is a perfect uh, piece of uh, cinematic comedy. It certainly right. isn't. It punches down a few more times than I would like to see in a film, but. Yes. 
alongside those moments is a very charming movie. It's a very charming romantic comedy. Yeah. Um, it is. And like yeah. tight. I think it's like a nice, I don't, I don't yeah. know the runtime off the top of my head, but it's like, like, like a little, not, a yeah, 90 minutes, but the script doesn't yeah. feel like there's a yeah. lot of fat on Honestly. it. Honestly. Yeah. Even with but, like, yeah, you got like, he lives in like his, uh, sister, right. Sister and brother-in-law's basements. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah. So they're like cute little kid characters, uh, which is that. very fun. Yeah. And yeah, Christine Taylor's like, the cast is great. Christine Taylor's great. Drew, actually, I, I, I do want to do a quick Drew dive. Uh, where was she Let's in her career when this was when this was happening? Like, cause I feel like this was sort of first comeback. I think like child and child actor, and then steps away for a while, and I think, probably I think right after right. some addiction problems, and then this movie. I think you're absolutely because she was she was in Scream a few years before, and right, and that was oh, yeah. right. That was like but, the big. That was like That's the big... after this, right? Scream is two years before this. It's ninety six. Wow, ninety six. But yeah, I think well, then yeah, this that was... was her big comeback. Yeah, yeah. this. But I, yeah, I would say this was definitely part of like Drew Barrymore as leading actor, like sort of like reclamation project. And mm-hmm. yeah, this is like this is the same year as Ever After, which I, oh wow, um, is it yeah. really? Big year for her then. That's great. Because yeah. never, never been kissed probably was next year. Three, four years. Oh, the next year. Okay, yeah. great. Right after this. This yeah. is what I'm Big saying. Come back. And then That's the year cool. after that is Charlie's Angels. So oh, yeah, yeah, great. And now she hosts an unhinged talk show. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it is unhinged. She's having a Listen. great time. Listen, yeah. Santa Clarita Diet. <laughs> sure. Great. I miss it. <laughs> I mean, it's. I will say, I. It's so funny, like, people, because obviously Ellen is ending, uh, a fantastically unproblematic human, uh, uh, unproblematic human beings, uh, television show is ending, and it's just like, you know what, we got Drew, we got the Kelly Clarkson show, like, there are, there are some good, wholesome- There's rumors that Tiffany Haddish is taking over mm-hmm. the Ellen show, which is a Would good choice, that. I Would think. love that. Mm-hmm. Love to see that. Would love, love to see that. that. Um... But yeah, I don't know. I'm just I'm here for the unhinged uh, Drew Barrymore does yeah. whatever the hell she wants talk show. Good for if her. If you have a daytime talk Incredible. show, I love whenever they're like two drink minimum daytime yes. talk shows. You know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Listen, as it's long better. as you Good host, energy. as long as you host a talk show and you are not um uh, verbally abusive to your staff or just any kind of abusive. Or friends to your with staff. George W. Bush. You know? <laughs> yes, exactly. Hey, listen, they uh, just have very 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 more very well Brand, maybe friends Brand with. They just have some differences. It's fine. (laughs) They just have a listen. Sometimes you're a friend. Sometimes you're just a person, and you have a best friend who uh, started an unjust war in the Middle East. It just sometimes your friends do that, Brian. You can't pin it on them. We're all sometimes you've got the same adrenochrome dealer (laughs) as uh, the guy behind 9/11. You know what can you You do? Sometimes you just can't get to New Orleans fast enough. I don't know. <laughs> just can't get there. Oh, Bad boy. traffic. But enough about terrible people. <laughs> uh, let's talk about... Well, okay. So now we get to the point where I feel like we're all sort of in... We're all united in having pretty fun thoughts of the wedding scene of the film. And now a wall is being erected on the Zoom call where I feel like now we're going to get into the wedding singer, the musical, where I feel like 
Sarah is gonna be the the defense is defending the show, and Bran and I are gonna be like, it's fine. And I mean, I, I feel like I, I, feel I have like, mostly no opinion. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, I want to quickly talk about the writers of this show, uh, Chad Beglin mm-hmm. and Matthew Sklar. Um, this was their first Broadway show. And they went on to, of course, they went on to uh, write. Well, Chad Begelin uh, would write the book and additional lyrics for the stage adaptation of Aladdin, uh, a show that we will maybe cover soon on this podcast. Wink, wink. More on that at the end of the episode. Um, But uh, they would also write uh, the musical adaptation of Elf. Uh, which, we, which of course we'll cover, uh, and they also uh, they also wrote a show called Gotta Dance, which then became a show called Halftime, which we will talk about because that's based on a documentary about uh, octogenarians uh, performing at the halftime show of a basketball game. It's a wild show, um, and they of course wrote everyone's favorite musical turned film, The Prom. Oh boy! Oh. Um, Congratulations! Yeah, oh, they they, did a it's, it's, they 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 have a type. They have a type of show. Uh, sure. <laughs> does that does that kind of make sense, Sarah? Is everything sort of clicking I, into place now? You know what, Ben? None of us. Are <laughs> <laughs> um, we all make mistakes. But yeah, so I just want that's that's sort of who the writers are. This was their first Broadway show. Um, mm-hmm. Sarah, I'm I'm gonna give you the well, yeah, I'm gonna give you the floor first because I feel like you are the most uh, positive on this adaptation of the folks on this call, and yeah, I want you, I want you to make your case. I want you to talk about sort of what you like about this show, and sort of what are the bright spots for you. Okay, I um, I here's oh, the thing. Well, actually, I know no, you. Said- I'm a liar. Oh, I'm oh, a liar oh. because I almost okay. forgot. And I'm, you're Sarah, you're still going to have the mic, but you're going to be talking about something very different. I'm ready. So, Sarah, you sent over a document last night. <laughs> you, I don't know, I don't know how yeah, this happened. Uh, yeah, I did. I did some extra credit. You did. So, uh, can you, you explain. You explain what you've done here. Okay. What? Oh my god. All right, here's the thing. I'm watching this this movie, right? And it's supposed to be set in the 1980s and they uh, you know, like you said Brandon, it's got like 80s hit after 80s hit after 80s hit and I don't know why I just was watching it and I was thinking what if we set this musical today what would what would those sound songs be what would the significance be what would the equivalent be today um and I just thought it was really funny of like, hey, what would Robbie be singing in the introduction of this musical sure. if it was today? Which for me, it's not You Spin Me Right Round. It's Blinding Lights by The Weeknd. Everybody's <laughs> dancing. Hey, yeah, would have been another great option. But I tried to stay within like, okay, this movie was supposed to be in 1985. That song you singing came out in 83. I'm going to go back to 2018. I'm going to go back to okay. this and see what those top songs were. I appreciate your methodology on this. <laughs> So can you give can you give Thank us some you. highlights from this uh, from this document? Absolutely, absolutely. Well, um, I, I really do enjoy the song "Blinding Lights," but it always will be uh, the beginning of the pandemic song for me. Oh, sure, because it was the big TikTok song. So I don't know how much I can listen to it. <laughs> um, 
I'm enjoying the idea of George's only song. Instead of "Give Me Time to Realize My Crime," he would uh, uh, pull a "Shallow" I by Lady Gaga. I think that's a very brilliant, very choice. inspired, that's really very good. inspired. Yeah, yes. that's very accurate. I mean, I just can't even imagine, and especially that <laughs> the Adam Sandler line where he goes, "He's got to learn another song." <laughs> sure, <laughs> sure. <laughs> got to learn another song. Um, I uh, an orchestral version of "Don't Stop Believing" is what really got me for Robbie and oh, Linda's sure, wedding. Oh, sure, yes, but you, but you and would or- prefer "Can't Stop the Feeling," uh, the Justin Timberlake song. I would prefer it as much as I. It's like I, I, I would hate it as much as I would hate an orchestral version of "Don't yeah. <laughs> Don't Stop and Believing." I, I, I wanna, Both would be equally upsetting. I wanna, and I want to just like let the listeners at home know: Sarah went through literally every single musical moment in this film and found a present day equivalent um which is again like it is it's inspired um and even going to uh rosie's songs uh instead of singing till there was you she would sing all i ever need is you by sunny and Cher, which is again very cute not pulling from the broadway uh, bin, uh, but I guess that, yeah, I, I guess I see where your brain is at, and then mm-hmm. instead of rapping Rapper's Delight, she's rapping uh, Trap Queen Fetty Wap. <laughs> if we're gonna lean in, let's lean in. Let's get that little old lady going, 1738! Like, let's do it! <laughs> let's commit! Sure, Come on. sure thing. <laughs> uh, and then, and I want to just close this out uh, with, and oh, yeah, you you have a tie here. You could you couldn't decide on one for Julian Robbie's final wedding song because yeah it ends with true, um, yeah but you have two songs. My my tie here, uh, one is a little bit more uh, year appropriate and one I think is a little bit more feeling appropriate. But we got perfect by Ed Sheeran and Lover by Taylor Swift and no disrespect to either of these artists, but if this was the song that played at my wedding as I walked down back through the aisle, I would have to put a fork dipped in lemon juice in my eye. Like I would never want this for myself ever, but I think it's very, very on brand for just how much they love each other. Wow. That makes me sound like a very cynical person, but they, they're just so in love and so bubbly and so beautiful. And that's what these songs are. They're just like, well, well Angie nailed the like top 40 <gasps> aspect of yes. it in the eighties. Oh, and this it has one. to yeah. be. Yeah. It Smart. has to be. So that that's Very what I good went exercise. through. Sarah. I appreciate it. Add it to your so now we've got two recurring segments. Uh what was the first one? Uh what gives how... blank the right? Yes. Oh my and then, god. And, and then, then whatever the fuck this is. Just the the ju- jukebox. Yeah, Sarah's jukebox. Sarah's jukebox. Sarah's jukebox. <laughs> Very upsetting. You can tell that nobody ever gives me the ox score. So so Sa- well actually so now this is interesting. So Sarah You've uh, displayed clearly an expert musical prowess. Um, I, I walk me through your love of these songs. Because um, I'm not, again, I like It's Your Wedding Day. I think that is a genuine bop. Um, it is, it's very fun, the opening number um, for Wedding Sing. And within the, within the diegesis of the Wedding Sing and the musical, he wrote this song six years ago and it made him a, a smash hit wedding singer. Um, whatever. But yet, what, 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 what are the songs that really, that really hit for you, Sarah? Okay. Um, I think, 
Uh, the comment that was made about it not being very catchy, I think that's where I take a little bit of umbrage because I, I think there are a couple that are just super freaking catchy that even to this day, I still find myself humming. Elaborate. Um, two big ones. Okay. 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 First of all, okay. Well, I'll talk a little bit about, um, one I really enjoy, which is all about the green. Uh, sure. The, the literal, uh, the worship song at the throne of Reaganomics that is all about the it, green. It yeah, really it's... is. I think all about the green has got some really fun, um, like grooving melodies sure. and, and it's got great freaking jokes in there too of like, nobody's going to pay four bucks for a cup of coffee. Sure, yeah. Buy all the new Coke that you classic, <laughs> classic bit. <laughs> Yeah, we love it. Um, <laughs> so I love that one. I'll tell you, uh, "Come Out of the Dumpster" was an audition song for me for a lot of times, <laughs> for a long time, because it's so fun to start it just as Robbie. It's the second verse. Robbie falls into the dumpster, and I tell my pianist to just slam down on the keys. Sure, and then we go <laughs> right into it. It's a good time, and it has one of the best jokes in the whole show at the very end, where she sure. asks him, you know, I, oh, come on. Yes, they, they, set, so... they set up the rhyme of the song where it sounds like he's going to say yes, and he sings no. Yeah, I, I, I am a sucker for when there is a very obvious rhyme that's been set up, and then they subvert that. Yo, they I, pull I, the rug out from yes, under you. Yes, yeah. I'll give you that. They got I, us I'll right give there. you that, Costello. <laughs> You're not wrong, but I mean, yeah. No, listen. That, Matthew Sklar, composer, he can write a good hook. I'm not saying that he can't write a catchy hook. Even in the Prom, a musical that I have a lot of issues with, which we'll talk about on our <laughs> Patreon one day. Um, Unfortunately, God, yeah. The Ryan Murphy, ruiner of everything, um, ruins things that are bad. Uh, but yes, even in the Prom, like uh, there are some songs that are very catchy. Like they. They do, they write some catchy hooks, but again, I feel like a lot of them really, like, blend into each other, and I think a lot of them are just sort of, like, really dramatically inert, and I'm sort of, like, calling back to what I said at the top, where I feel like this show is just, like, really emblematic of what a contemporary film-to-stage adaptation is, mm. where you're just, like, it's, like, beat for beat, pretty similar to this, there's obviously there's one big thing near the end which we'll talk about that they change, uh, but it's pretty like beat for beat, like, and I guess the, they change it so they haven't even they're not Glenn doesn't even propose to Julia until the middle of Act One. It's not like they've been engaged for two years like they were in the film. And of course, yeah, like you said, they sort of they cut a bunch of characters and streamline things. They make Rosie his grandma. They throw Sammy into the band. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's just like, it is just like a complete sort of just like by the numbers, connect the dots, like low mm -hmm. F, low risk, semi high reward, not even high rewards of just like how to translate this thing to the stage. Yeah, that's true. I, I do agree. I mean, it is, they, they, they follow the mapping. Yeah. Whereas we were talking about Beetlejuice and they went so off the map. <laughs> yes, so it's like, sure. is, there, is there a good in between oh, here? I mean, there like, is. Okay, but... you know? <laughs> <laughs> We've talked about the good in betweens uh, on various occasions here. But yeah, I, I think it is also just, yeah, like, they're like, I'm just like looking through the song list here. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, like, somebody kill me, please, is like 
the best song in the in the show. Uh, that grows with you. I think that's still like the best songs in the show for me. But then again, like somebody kill me, they move it. To, it's him like singing sad in his basement to the little bride that he stole from the cake. Um, which again, I just yeah it loses its impact so much. Yeah. By not- being so unexpected i don't know yeah, yeah. it's like yeah it, it i prefer it as a moment where he's presenting a song to julia yeah. and you think it's gonna be a nice song but it is this sort of like fucking anger ang- anger inducing piece of songwriting i think that's just more comedically interesting uh this yeah. this is a little bit more of an obvious choice of where you would put yeah. this number um yeah. Yeah, I, you know, I, um, I'm thinking back to something that you said, Brian, about the idea of you had an opportunity for a real jukebox moment here. And I can especially see that with, I love Casualty of Love. I think it's a great, fun song. I love rocking out to it backstage. But when it's in the movie, Love Stinks, that's one of the ones where I'm like, You didn't write a better song than Love Stinks, you know? You know, I I will say, I kind of appreciate the orchestrations try to like, yeah, sound like whatever song they are in the movie. The it's a without very, it yeah. feeling like a fake, you know. They, um, I'll mm-hmm. say, I don't, I can't think of another musical that loves synths as much as as this Ooh, one. They are yeah. real heavy, heavily leaning on the synths in a good way. It's a fucking eighties show. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, like this and Cats. Like they, they love maybe the, Xanadu too. And, Ooh, and that's, Xanadu, that's not, yeah, and Xanadu. All eighties club to be. In. It's like in the same. It's like the same year, even almost. I, yeah, it's, it's very funny. close to Xanadu. Yeah, yeah I want and. I, Actually, one quick production note, uh, well, actually, a few quick production notes about this show. Um, so the original Broadway production, uh, of course, uh, starred Stephen Lynch, inexplicably. Steve, do, do you all remember Stephen Lynch? No. I don't. He, he was a, a musician comedian from the early 2000s. He was one of those guys who sang funny songs on the guitar. He had a song. Oh, called, yeah. He was the original yes. wedding singer in this? Yes. What year? 2006. That is really weird. <laughs> right? It's kind of weird. This guy. Was it Was it that he was not popular no. enough? Or it was so out of his wheelhouse? Or just like a I would say choice? this was it's like... a weird choice. It's a weird choice. This was like mm. the height of him existing in the zeitgeist, I would say. Like, okay. yeah, he was like on Comedy Central. He had like a song called Superhero. Oh. I think he had a song about Jim Henson. Uh, like, he was like just one of those guys... Who was just like he sings funny songs? I guess he's he's the next Adam Sandler. <laughs> Let's put him yeah. in this show. He got nominated for a Tony Award for best uh, uh, actor in a musical. I don't know. Cool. Um, well, Ben, as you know, the Tonys are never, never wrong. wrong. Absolutely not. Never. Well, it's the thing. This one, well, this didn't win. Jesus Christ! It was nominated for <laughs> like best musical. It was nominated for best musical. At the at the Tony Awards, um, didn't win, but it was nominated. It was what beat it. So the other nominees: uh, Drowsy Chaperone, The Color Purple, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and the winner: Jersey Boys. Jersey Boys. Oh, it's always fucking Jersey <laughs> it's true. Boys. Jersey no. Boys has historically God. won the Tony Award for Best Musical ten years in a row. I don't know how it keeps <laughs> doing just... it. <laughs> Oh, you know, again, I, I, I like to wax poetic on the before times, the Broadway and Chicago concerts that have been happening at Millennium Park in Chicago for so oh, long. Yeah. Oh, sure. I I went for years from like high school, middle school, and I feel like every 
fucking year. <laughs> They're like, and now it's time for a performance from Jersey Boys. And I'm like, what? Them and Million Dollar Quartet. Oh, oh, God. Did you say seven million? Jersey Boys all the way down. Yeah. <laughs> I'm surprised. I'm oh, surprised there hasn't been a film production of uh, Million Dollar Quartet yet. I feel Truly. Like, don't put that into the universe. That could be good. Leave it alone, Ben. That I don't know. Be it's, better, it's better than other musical. It is not a great show, but I would say it is a fine show. Uh, million Dollar Quartet. Yeah. Um, but yes, and then, so yeah, Stephen Lynch was inexplicably like the lead in this show. And you know who played Julia in the original Broadway cast? <gasps> Laura Benanti! Ah, uh, Like... Like right before she was in Gypsy, like this was like right before she like hit it, like as like a leading Broadway actor. Yeah, mm-hmm. she's she's a queen. I love her. I love her in this mm-hmm. show. And of course, uh, Glenn Gulia was played by uh, Richard Blake, who also played Warner in Legally Blonde. Again, playing the asshole boyfriend oh. in two film to stage adaptations in close proximity. You got a type, baby. He's got a type, and I guess he does it well. Um, But yeah, I mean, like I said, it it stays pretty similar to the film. They excise some characters. Mm -hmm. They chop some things down. Um, Yeah, the songs are just... I'm just looking looking through the song list. It's okay. There's a Saturday night in the city, apparently. Okay, I just want to talk about... All right, Saturday night in the city, a lot of these songs, I feel like... It's not on par with Legally Blonde, but you know how Legally Blonde is one of those that people kind of write off, but then the score is one of the most difficult things. Sure. I I feel like this has a little bit of that because like the high notes in Saturday Night in the sure. City, like like even Let Me Come Home, Junior Year Sarah was like, I got an option down, bro. Sure. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> oh, also <laughs> like, they inexplicably just like make Sammy and Holly a couple. Like they like they mm-hmm. were dating before the events of the musical, and then they're like, and for they end up together because it's a musical. <laughs> like there's no real yeah. reason they that they fit. end up together. Um, it's also real. Case of the not gays. Mm. (laughs) No gay people in the eighties. Even I mean, does does uh, uh, George George end up with anybody? No, I don't think it's ever acknowledged whether or not. Of course they don't. I forget one of the great movies. The 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 part in this movie, a very small scene, is when George is crying with Rosie after uh, um, Adam Sandler gets left at the altar. I feel like that moment, covered in mess, already been crying, already been crying the whole time. It's great, dabbing the 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 hanky, Jack pirate boots. I'm like, that's that's a freaking move right (laughs) there. It's very good. It's very very good. Um, there's there's that number right in front of your eyes that Holly sings, and I can't tell if that's a fantasy or like some of it is happening because then like uh sammy sings that song single with robbie in the bar but then you see that like sammy and holly are just back together with like nothing no explanation so it's like did they get back together and right in front of your eyes or was that a fantasy because if they did get back together why would he sing a song about the virtues of being single like it where was the dramaturg? Where was the dramaturg <laughs> on the 2006 production of Wedding Singer? Makes no goddamn sense, I tell ya. <laughs> I want to say that single was a thing of like, they're all trying to make themselves feel better about being single. Yeah, it's fine, man. We're going to die alone and it's cool. Um, I can't remember how it gets, uh, how it gets from right in front of your eyes. 
Um, I don't know. I, but again, a very catchy song. Pop the question. I don't know if you've, he totally popped the question. That, now that's the one we were singing at the Steak and Shake at 1230. After. That's Embarrassing. the one we were screaming. That's my favorite. <laughs> Embarrassing. I got two extra cherry limeades that night, Brian. I don't know. You Is got the good. You, you did get the good. That is one of my one of my favorite TikToks is the one of like the the Denny's waiter who has to serve the table for the actors who just performed <laughs> Ratatouzical the musical. Um oh that's a oh have no. you seen that? It's a great no. it's a great no. TikTok. It's just like uh just some guy just like staring like with dead eyes while it just plays in the background God, no. with like a with like a shittily green screens Denny's backdrop. Listen, TikTok can TikTok can be good sometimes. Uh, Agreed. And then the only other sort of like big change. Uh, if I told you, fine. If I told you, it's a fine, nice number between the two of them. Uh, whatever between Robbie and Julia. Uh, but the biggest change is they go to Vegas. Nothing happens on the plane, because I guess it's hard to stage plane shit on stage. Sure. I guess so. Um, so they go to Vegas, and it's not Billy Idol. It's a Billy Idol impersonator. And here's the thing. I would usually be a sucker for this kind of bit. I feel like I... I like. I actually... I still kind of am. I don't know. Uh, yeah, because I can't get Billy Idol for the show. I, yeah, so. so it's just like... Yeah, so just like le- leaning into that. But yeah, yeah mm-hmm. I do... There is something fun about like the... There's the fake Billy Idol... Fake Mr. T, Cindy Lauper, Tina Turner, yeah. Imelda Marcos. That um, so so weird. That's an out there yes, one. And, then, and it's like a good 15 years before uh, uh, David Burns musical yeah, Hill about Lo- Imelda Marcos. Hill Eyes Love. Hill Eyes Love. Yes. Yeah. I get, yes. It wasn't topical. I, yeah, not really topical. Maybe she had just died or something. I don't I, know. I, <laughs> she's still, no, she's still alive, isn't she? Is she still alive? Oh, my God. Oh. Now I have to do. Why are we real... talking about Imelda Marcos? Because this is what the wedding singer not... musical Oof. has wrought. Oof. Uh, she's still alive. Don't blame this she on the wedding singer. Imelda Marcos is still alive. She's ninety-one. Good not good for her. Not she's good ma- for her. Not she's good for her. Oh, she's <laughs> ma- okay. I obviously, I obviously don't know who Imelda Marcos is. You might need to she's fill a, me. She's the wife of the like the Filipino dictator. Like she, she spent <gasps> like millions and millions of dollars of the people's See, money. This is on why I should just keep luxury. my mouth shut. You, this is where I'm gonna plug here lies love which is david burns's musical about imelda marco it's essentially like uh a vida but about imelda marcos um it, yeah. and it's but it's a disco it's so good it is a, a beautiful wow. and like it, the whole show sung through so if you listen to the album you listen to the show yep. great great musical david Byrne, we love him here lies love we love it um imelda marcos we do not love her um, <laughs> okay well bad for her that she's still alive then yes Whoops. um <laughs> cut that out please Bruce. Yeah, no double it keep it in double it <laughs> gotta learn history somehow <laughs> We're holding you accountable on the podcast, Sarah Costello. Oh, man, I'm too pretty to learn all this history. Come on. So, uh, speaking of problematic political uh, individuals, uh, Glenn and Julia are at a chapel getting married by fake Ronald Reagan. It tracks. It tracks with Glenn's character that he would literally want Reagan to marry him. Uh, But then, yeah, same thing happens. Uh, Robbie comes in singing Grow Olds with you. Uh, still very sweet because that song is very nice um and then the musical ends they get married um and i will say inexplicably there's that lyric where like they reprise it's your wedding day 
uh, Imelda Marcos like sings something which apparently is in Filipino, and Billy Idol sings like, "If you understand Filipino, then you will know that everything turned out all right." And I turned to a friend, Google Translate, and I took those lyrics from the script, and it no. it's a very rough translation of the character no. essentially saying, "My name no. is Imelda. Where is the bathroom?" <laughs> Okay. Very distasteful, if I say so myself. Uh, Matthew, Matthew, uh, Chad Beglin and Matthew Sklar, that's going to be a no from me. Yeah. Oh, no. Not funny anyway. No, it's, not, it's not even funny. Uh, yeah. Not funny in the first place. So. Like, if you're going to like do a dumb fucking stupid joke where someone says something in a different language, at least like make it maybe like an in-joke uh, about yeah. like how stupid yeah. Americans are. I don't know. Like... Yeah. Like a smart joke. Whatever. Whatever. Then the musical's over and we get to go home after two hours. (laughs) Um, But yeah, listen, Sarah, I get it. There are some nice hooks. There are some nice catchy moments. Um, It's also, this is also one of those musicals where it's inexplicably both like tied to the property where you're just like, yeah, it's based on the wedding singer. Yeah, of course. Like, you know, it's based on the Adam Sandler movie, but it's also like, not tied to that film outside of the two songs that it takes from it it's not like like you can still i guess enjoy like again like sarah you knew about this musical before you'd seen the movie like i guess you're like you're able it's not like mean girls where like that show makes no sense that show makes no sense if you haven't seen the film like this musical is fine if you haven't seen the wedding singer the film which sucks because i think the wedding singer is a better thing than the musical um But yeah, Sarah, I'm going to give you the, the last word on the show because you love it so much. I know it's your favorite musical you've ever seen. It's my favorite <laughs> one ever. No. You know what? No. And, and of course, I'm probably very biased because this was uh, a wonderful show that I had an experience with, a wonderful cast that sure I worked with, um, a freaking really fun role to play. Um, I want to go out my last note. Um I do want to, it is, it is like a, a, a paper to stage uh, adaptation of this, of this movie. Um, I think it's a great cash cow type show for community (laughs) theaters who are trying, like it's so High schools do it all the time. Get in, the, get in seats, but parents in seats, and that's what it's also want. so weird that high schools do it it's, because they cl- they do not have any eighties nostalgia. Like, what are they yeah. gonna get from this thing? Okay. Can <laughs> Thirty I, years can before can they I, were born. Can I tell a little fun story? We love here? fun I stories here. Okay, here's a little a little um, an anecdote. I had a fu- I had a friend who was working with teenagers. This was like uh, maybe three years ago or something. Working with teenagers. Um, uh, Gen Z on a uh, 90s era version of Romeo and sure. Juliet. And they gave them fanny packs because it's the 90s. And when the kids came out of the costume fittings with their fanny packs, they've all got it clipped around their torso like the Kendall Jenners of the world do today. <laughs> oh, no. And all the cool kids do. And they just had no idea that you're supposed to wear I mean, that's the kind of thing where it's like they have no. There's no frame of reference for that. There's no frame of reference there at all. So I can. 
you know what? But the clothes are loud and fun and there are fishnets. <laughs> and you know what? And let's go out. Today You Are a Man is a great freaking sure. song and it's fun as hell. Sure. And I, you know what? That's my review of this show. It's fun as hell. It's fun to it. be in. I'm sure it is fun to be in. I, I would not disagree with that at all. I, You know what? I was... Watching, I was watching a slime tutorial of a high school production <laughs> of this show, um, and I was, I was like, these wow. kids seem to be having a blast, and their friends in the audience are loving it. Um, you know, it's like if you, if if I had a, like a niece or a nephew that had a musical, and they told me, okay, one nephew's got the sound of music and the other one's got wedding <laughs> singer on the same night. Which one are you going to? And I'm like, I'm really sorry, but I'm going to the wedding singer. Well, wedding singer's shorter. <laughs> correct, say, correct decision. Yeah, wedding singer's like a good, like at least 90 minutes shorter than sound of music. So yeah. getting an early night there. I think you're right, Ben. It's like, great, it's over. We can all go home. I don't leave emotionally devastated. I'm not depleted, exhausted. And they, I'm just going to go and have they, a drink. And it's they make the great. smart decision of ending the show with the catchiest original song. They just end it with It's Your Wedding Day, which is the catchiest uh, song that they wrote for the show. Good autumn. Mm-hmm. Have you mar- marching out of your, of your seats with a catchy tune in your head? The Wedding Singer. It's about a guy who sings at weddings. Uh, Sarah, we've reached <laughs> the conclusion of our episode yet again. And as always, on Movie the Musical, we ask our guests a very important question. So Sarah Costello, um, not include... What was your answer last time? Remind me. My answer last time, I feel I feel like this is one of those questions they always have the wrong answer to, so I get really nervous. But last time I had right, chocolate. Yes, yes, of course. Oh, yeah. Chocolat. So Julia Binoche and Yes, uh, but so and Johnny Depp, yeah. Unproblematic Johnny mm-hmm. Depp. Um so not including Chocolat, Sarah Costello, mm-hmm. if you could adapt a movie into a musical that has not been adapted already, what movie would you choose? Okay, here is a, 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 a fan favorite from when I was eight years old. Um, it is the movie that I wrote my very first fan letter to a celebrity okay. for. Uh, and the movie is, what is this, 1998? I'm sorry, 2000s, 2000s, The Little Vampire. Okay. No, not familiar that with it my, at all. Oh, that is my choice. You're not familiar with it's, Jonathan Lipnicki in The Little Vampire? <laughs> Nope. The kid, the, the John McGuire kid. <laughs> oh. <laughs> the Stuart Little kid. Sure, yes. Sure. That, okay, so explain yourself. So so here's the thing. I just want to start out. The fan later was not to Jonathan Lipnicki, <laughs> okay? It was to his co-star in this movie. Let me, let me give you a little synopsis here. Little Vampire is a 2000 comedy horror based on a children's book. Who cares? <laughs> By a German writer. I don't care about that either. About, about a boy who tries to save a young vampire and his family from a ruthless vampire hunter. So it is about Jonathan Lipnicki who moves from San Francisco. He's like nine years old. He moves to the cliffs of Scotland. As you do. And he is bullied relentlessly at school for being this weirdo American kid. And one night he uh, wakes up in the middle of the night and finds a vampire who flies into his window who needs to feed, uh, but they don't 
they are vegetarian vampires, so they only eat cows. Oh. So it's okay because it's a kid's film. Well, they're not vegetarians. They're still eating an animal. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Technically, well, it's like Twilight vegetarian, you know? It's the Twilight vegetarian trope of like, I don't eat humans. I still eat animals. Sure. But I don't eat human. What is that? Humanitarian? Humanitarian. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> But any okay, so, but yeah. So no, explain uh, your adaptation okay. choice. I'm, my adaptation choice is because I think we have a lot of um, opportunities here for some really dark, foggy, gothic music. I think we have a lot of opportunities for haunting Scottish bagpipes, for uh, driving vampire hunter, a vampire hunter theme that goes throughout the entire musical. And listen, we've had vampires on stage before. We have Bat Boy. We have Dance of the Vampires. Like, it's not... Phantom of the Opera's kind of a vampire. In in essence, in spirit, yes. Um, So yeah, vampires are... We are not... Like they are welcome on the musical theater stage. Yes. And I think I think we can make something really great here because they are being hunted by this vampire, but at the same time, they're trying to come back and become mortal once again, which for the, I, I haven't seen it done like in any other movie. I don't want to spoil this for you, Bran. Is okay if I spoil it's the little totally vampire? Fine. I will never oh probably God. watch this movie. They are able. They are able to come back as humans at their current age even though they're like 400 years old. Sure. They're able to finally do it to get the amulet. Jonathan Lipnicki saves everybody. <laughs> and then he doesn't see the family for like two, three months. And then all of a sudden, one day they're at the farmer's market and Jonathan Lipnicki looks over and there's a family moving into one of the abandoned mansions. And it's the vampire family. But they're humans now and they wear straw hats. And they also <laughs> go to the farmer's market. And the really like messed up son that was goth and misunderstood is no longer misunderstood and it's a beautiful yeah. movie and i was in love with rollo weeks who is jonathan lipnicki's friend <laughs> <laughs> i don't know if they're still friends i i don't know rollo weeks is just all over uh, <laughs> he, he went under the map but but i think like i said i think this is a very fun story it's kid friendly mm-hmm. um it's it, it has the opportunity to be dark and spooky as hell with being too much and i love a fucking vampire <laughs> i mean if they can do it in mary poppins if they can get oh, somebody yeah. up the wall and on the ceiling they can do it in the little Sarah spider-man Ma- can do it the little vampire it's, can do it. it's true well don't say that about spider-man <laughs> uh, <laughs> they couldn't do it that's the point oh my gosh sarah i sarah i i how can you forget i don't know how you could forget at least on my end i am a pro Spider-Man turn off the dark sorry. human being. I'm I think sorry. that I know what I saw. I saw Spider-Man. I, I think uh, that was a jo- I think that was a joke account. That's a joke account pretending know. to be Spider-Man the Broadway so. show. Um responded to us on Twitter. It's like Santa, Ben, you just got to believe. No, I think Spider-Man turn off the dark is an underrated uh gem of theater that we'll it'll have a reclamation music. uh project uh coming in the next decade or so. Uh The Little Vampire uh, great, directed by uh, Uli Adel, uh, the German director of such films as Last Exit to Brooklyn and Body of Evidence, made a children's film. Of course. <laughs> of course. Uh, starring Jonathan Lipnicki, Rolo Weeks as the as the titular little vampire, and of course, Richard mm-hmm. E. Grant uh, is in this film too. He's sure. in the... I, so many... And who... Um, the guy who plays the butler... In Downton Abbey, sure. I want to say 
is the vampire Jim, hunter Jim, Jim Carter. Carter. Yeah. It's a great. It's yeah. It's great. There's 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 some cast. You, in yeah, here. you 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 picked a you picked an odd one. You, again, I you picked a surprising one. You're always, if nothing else, you're very surprising with your picks. I'm also uh, so confused <laughs> why this is your second time on this show and you still didn't pick Moonstruck. How have you? How? ready for that ben i'm not i i it's like how i've never been able to watch american idiot the musical because i think they're gonna fuck it up too bad i can't do it well, i love moonstruck too much you, but i mean you are excited for nicholas cage's next uh adventure on the silver screen uh we don't have time to Brian, talk about have this you because... seen the trailer for pig no pig, pig? what if there's a pig well uh so okay Pig is a movie that's coming out. It might have actually come out by the time this episode is out. I forget. Um, it's like July, July 16th. 16th is uh, it's it opening opens. around the time of this episode, I think, actually. Um, Pig is about Nicolas Cage. He plays... I, I don't... Again, I don't know the specifics, but it seems like he is a disgraced chef who's living in the forest with his truffle pig. Okay. His pig is yeah, hunting I'll see truffles. That movie. I, you don't even need to go any further. <laughs> it's, 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 Bran? Bran? It's John. It's John Wick, but with Nicolas Cage and a pig. Oh, great! Yes. Uh, yep, I'll see it. Yes. A gr- All I a need. gritty chef drama. <laughs> it looks All fantastic. It looks fantastic. Um, but little vampire. Sure, why not? Uh, fucking bring it to the stage. <laughs> um, anything. Hey, kid stuff. Good call. We do. Probably yes. going to be successful. We do need good, more kid stuff. Sarah Costello. <laughs> Thank you again for joining us. Uh, is there any, this is like I said, this is coming out mid July. Is there anything uh, new in your life? Anything that we should be on the lookout for? Uh, yes, uh, me and two of my trusted creative collaborators, Corson Barnard and Ashley Connell, have come together and we've created a comedy special that's currently in production. It's called "In Case I Go Missing," and we can't wait for it to come out. We're we're filming right now. We'll probably still be filming when sure. this comes out we're hoping for later this fall and uh so you can watch watch the social channels watch on youtubes and uh and we'll come back soon but that's what i'm working on right oh, now yeah we love that uh we'll have you back anytime before this was, uh, this so, was great. so great before we go this is technically the season finale of the see yes of this batch of episodes of movie the musical and what are we doing? So usually we just re- release like batches of episodes and tens and that's it. And they're just like random shows and they're just like whatever I think is interesting and whatever our guests want to talk about. But this time we got a theme. We got our first themed season. Oh and we've gosh. and we've talked about we've brand brand we've talked about this this conglomerate before we've talked well, about this, this mighty empire that is slowly but surely uh for better or worse taking over the entertainment industry i'm of, I'm oh of course God. talking about the monopolistic mouse himself <gasps> you sarah you knew about this you know that this was happening but th- I'm excited anyway, <laughs> goddammit! Disney, we're doing Disney. We're doing, we're doing, oh, uh, and I, I, I'm workshopping titles. I'm thinking we can call it Movie the Mousical. Uh, okay. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. Maybe that, I don't, maybe I'll come, maybe we'll come up with a better name. I don't know. Mm. Um, who knows? Uh, but yes, we're covering the Disney. We're covering the Walt Disney uh, film to stage 
pipeline. We are going in Incredible. chronological order from when the stage shows debuted. So we are starting with Beauty and the Beast. Beauty and the Beast. We're going all the way through to Frozen. Uh, we're covering um, uh, we're covering Beauty and the Beast, Lion King. We're doing the live action ones too, Mary Poppins and Newsies, and even Freaky Friday. Um, and even on the Patreon, we're gonna talk about uh, the Finding Nemo uh, musical at Animal Kingdom and the Toy Story musical that's on the Disney cruise ships. Uh, <laughs> Nishwa, you gotta get that. Niche. We will not be taking a cruise to Disney World to do so. Unfortunately. Absolutely not. But no, we will be covering Unless those. you, yes. Patreon folks, <laughs> exactly. Sign if up. You, yeah, I'd say <laughs> if you if you sign up a Patreon, maybe we'll make a bonus where we go to Animal Kingdom <laughs> and see. I, I don't. I don't even know if Finding Nemo the musical is still playing, but um, whatever. Oh but God. yes, we're, we're doing them all. We got some old guests. We got some new guests. It's gonna be they're gonna be they're gonna guests. be our guests oh, oh hey. my gosh it's gonna be I'll see no, it's gonna out. be very fun i was just like it's, it's you know it's a unified theme and let's also just get them all the fuck out of the way let's just like yep. get all these fucking disney shows out of the way uh it's it's gonna be fun i think it's gonna i think we might lose our minds by the end of it but sure it's it's gonna be a wild ride so uh, that's a lot of them i have never seen even the movie of the oh, later ones i've never seen frozen either version brand so. oh, brand frozen's a good one i know yeah. no comment we'll see <laughs> oh i like it's, it I, that's just so fascinating because even like the political implications of uh, Disney movies coming to Broadway at the times that it did. Oh, I, we're gonna, mm-hmm. we are gonna get, we, I we can't are not wait. being precious. We are going, we are nah. going, well, if, if anyone. Starting with the purchase of the new Amsterdam theater, baby. <laughs> oh, anyone, boy. anyone who's listening to this podcast knows we are not precious with Walt Disney Corporation. Um, <laughs> You're fine. But so please stick around with us and please subscribe to our Patreon to get that sweet bonus content. It's going to be very, very fun. Um, thank you, Sarah. Thank you, Bran Moorhead, as always, for producing and editing this show. I want to thank each and every one of you for listening. I want to thank Emily Harrington for our artwork. I want to thank M. Modaf and Josh Stanley for our kick-ass theme song. Uh, if you like the show... Be sure to rate us, review us, and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter, at Movie the Musical. Uh, keep on singing. I'm going to give us one more for the road. There's something that should have been brought to my attention yesterday! Holy shit, I'm going to come.